The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Hey everyone, welcome to the Child Free BIPOC panel. My name is Lenora Fay. I am one of the co-founders of the 2021 Virtual Child Free Conference. I hope you are enjoying the show. I'm not sure if we're back live on Facebook yet, but if you are viewing us from Facebook, welcome. If not, sorry. <laughs> I am joined today by some lovely speakers who are coming up on stage now. Romiko Thomas, Dr. Romiko Thomas, Dr. Angela L. Harris, and Rafi Wagner are joining us today. Welcome, ladies. Hey, we made it. <laughs> this is happening. It's live. <laughs> How are you? Doing great. How are you? Doing well. I I am breathing. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. That's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> Makes it easier. All right, let's dive right in, shall we? So the first question, what pressure have you faced from your community to have children? So we will start with Romaiko. Go ahead. You know, it's so funny when it comes to having children. I, I'm so excited that this conference is happening because I was a little bit different when it comes to the pressure. My immediate family actually did not pressure me for children. It was my extended family and my partner's family um, that the pressure came from. My immediate family, shockingly, never really got into, you know, hey, you need to have kids because I think they knew, especially my mom knew that kids weren't really for me. I never was one to really play with dolls. Um, I had a Michael Jackson doll. I had a Barbie doll, but my Barbie dolls had careers. And so I did, <laughs> my Barbie doll had money. I didn't, it was not, it wasn't kids. Okay. For me, it just wasn't. So for me, my pressure came from my extended family because I'm an only child. And so my grandmother and my grandfather was like, well, what happens when you get old like us? Like, who's going to take care of you? Or my friends were like, OK, you don't know what you're missing because we're having so much fun. I've got these gorgeous babies. And so my pressure came from others outside. And then my partner's family, just because he wasn't sure at the time, his family was like, well, what are you guys going to do without kids? That's the purpose of the two of you getting together. You guys have beautiful babies. That was something we heard all the time, but we never heard like, are y'all going to help take care of these pretty babies? And, you know, who's going to help pay for these beautiful babies? So the pressures that I had was more for the outside as opposed to my immediate family, because my mother was always like, you don't need no kids because I've seen the way you are. You're just not very maternal. And I said, you're right, I'm not. And so I didn't have pressure for my immediate but outside, I had a lot of pressure from them. Thank you. Uh, Angela, your answer. Yeah, um, I didn't have a lot of pressure. It was subtle. Um, I know I'm speaking to some sisters that it, it could be um, more strong, but in my personal experience, you know, I think my parents kind of knew I was pretty career driven. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, you know, education was important to me. So it wasn't um, from my immediate family in regards to my parents and my sister. I think what was really more kind of like, in the forefront of getting married and, and uh, getting married and, and having a family, whether that was me and my partner or me and kids. I think my parents also realized like, again, I'm not that maternal um, either. And so I don't think it was a surprise that uh, to people that I ended up here. I think the, the more subtle pressure, and again, it wasn't 
you know, pressure cooker, but it was really from my grandfather who was kind of the patriarch of our family. Um, and it was, you know, you need to get married and, you know, mm. have, you know, get married or you can have children. So it was really from my grandfather. My dad is one of 15. So I come from a large family. Um, so it wasn't from aunties and uncles, but it was really get married and then snap, snap, if kids happen, that'll be great. So that was really where that was coming from. But no, um, pressure cooker pressure from my parents or my sister. And Rafi, how about you? Um, for me, I would say I really kind of like a mix between the two. Um, my pressure was all outside of my family. I do come from a big family. My cousins, every one of my cousins in my generation, I would say 90% of them have four or more kids. So it was in our family, but it was never really pushed. Um, but I also was kind of a late bloomer. Like I went to college later and everything. So I think my family kind of got this signal that I'm focusing on my career and, you know, I like to spend money. So I think they kind of figured I was going to keep that in my own wallet and not spread it to anybody else. By the way, we're all going shopping after this panel. Well, actually, after I do the rest of the conference, then we'll go shopping. <laughs> we all seem to like money here. Next question. Do you feel that there is a racial imbalance within the child-free community? And if yes, how so? So again, we'll start with Romaiko. Go ahead. I do. Um, yeah, it, it's so funny. I actually was thinking about this. I, I've had the hardest time finding child-free Black couples. And, you know, and then also, let me rephrase it, child-free Black couples, African-American couple or couples of color that wanted to be child-free. Mm -hmm. So I'm not speaking of that it happened that way or, you know, biologically there were some things that were going on or later on they decided to adopt or what have you, which is fabulous. But I never have seen as I have within white couples representation because again, representation matters. And that left me and still leaves me feeling so isolated. And so, you know, just feeling like I'm the only one, we're the only ones who made this decision. Are we going to regret this? All of these things that I'd never been faced thinking about before, because I did not see us represented when it comes to whether social media, media in general. So I feel like there's a huge racial imbalance and I don't feel like we're as represented as women also, or men and child-free couples, I really feel like it's an imbalance. I don't see it as much when it comes to persons of color, especially African-American persons. I don't. Angela? Yes. And so, yes, I, I do agree that there is a huge imbalance, hence why I started No Bibs, Burps, Bottles, why I am here. The representation is me. The representation does matter. So when I came to the point where I wanted to you know, share with others and share with the larger border community that I am child-free, that my African-American identity is important to me, when I was looking for spaces to occupy, um, it was occupied by white women. And we all have a story. Child-free, there's an umbrella, right? And under that umbrella, there are different lanes and, and curves and twists. Even when I was exploring those curves and twists, I didn't see me. And so I said, well, if I don't see me, how do I get me out there? I create it for myself, hence no bibs, burps, bottles. And a lot of times I am chatting with women, African-American women, Black women who come to me and share with me 
wow, I didn't know me, me, you, we existed. And when I hear those comments, when I get that type of interaction, when I'm able to engage with women that look like me, um, it, it really makes me so happy because it's like, okay, People, people understand. And again, not that every African-American Black women have, have the same experience, but when we just look at our culture or our identity, I was just like, this is a lane that I'm going to carve out for me and who's ever willing to support, engage, uh, be educated about, I welcome that. So yes, um, there's a huge imbalance, but I also think the tide is shifting and we are pivoting with a panel such as this one, with Rafi's panel, with Sister Ramiko. Um, And so it is shifting, but we still have a long way to go. And culturally, you know, you had the Indian uh, panel earlier. I know you're going to have some other demographics later. So all of us matter. Representation matter. And I think we're see seeing that shift now. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Uh, Rafi, go ahead. Um, I definitely agree and concur. And I definitely um, agree with Angela that things are shifting. There's still um, that stigma. I had an amazing young man, child-free young man from Africa um, engage in my podcast. And I hope he decides to share his story. But I also see the imbalance for Black men as well. So I definitely think that there's a huge imbalance and, and we need to really get to those voices and speak to those voices. Um, but, you know, things like this are also helping get the word out there. So absolutely. Thank you. And hi, Ashley, I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back to the first question just so you have a chance to answer. Um, what pressure have you faced, Ashley, to from your community to have children? if you face pressure at all. Do you want to speak to that experience? Yeah. Um, hi, you guys. I'm so sorry I'm late. And, um, all right. Uh, yeah, especially as a young person, there's a lot of, oh, you'll grow out of it, but at the same time, you'll never know until you try, but oh. it's something that you can't take back. There's something like you can always drop out of college. You could always... To try a different style of clothing. You can't unhave a child. No. So for someone to say, oh, just have one just to try it, just to know what it's like. It's like, <laughs> what do you do after that? Absolutely. All right, let's go to the third question. So that question is, can you speak to the importance of having BIPOC representation within child-free communities? So uh, we will start, I'll start with Ashley actually. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it does well because the same way um, Black children and BIPOC children will see in media that, oh, if you Google up luxury yachts, the pictures that they're taken are with a white couple. So you say, oh, that's not something for me. I can't do that. Like they're, they're clearly showing me, hey, that's this is just how it is. The people that we want to see there, the image that we have is not that. You guys do what you do, we do what we do. So to see someone say, someone that looks like me say, oh, I don't really feel like having children gives us the option to say, oh, I didn't know that was an option. It's the same way seeing people go to college in your family. It's like, oh, 
I didn't know we could finish high school. Yeah. It's seeing people, black people drive Teslas and Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, everybody that's up there. It's just like seeing it makes it possible. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Ramiko, your answer? Yes. Representation. I always say representation matters, but I don't think about it just from because Ashley makes really good points too. Because representation matters so much. Because I think about not just from me being an adult, I think about the child self. I think about children, and we see what studies have shown and research has shown when you see these little girls and little boys when they saw President Obama, when they seen, you know, Vice President Harris, you know, all of these things. When children see, hey, this person looks like me. This person, I can actually do the same thing with being child free. Guess what? It's a choice that it's okay to make. And that's the thing. When I see other child free women, you know, men, couples, what have you, and save spaces for that, it makes me say, okay, I'm not isolated. I'm not alone. And it also makes my cousins, my young, you know, men mentees after me say, hey, I can, I, it looks like they look like me and I can do that too. And so that's to me why representation so matters because a lot of people feel so isolated that this is not a choice, but it's something that it has to be made. But guess what? It is a choice. And legacy doesn't have to end with having a child. Your legacy can be with what you do in life and what you contribute to society. And so for me, I think that that's how come these spaces matter so much and so important. Thank you. Rafi? Um, I agree with everything that's been said so far. And I also think that if we can get to younger generations, then they talk to their friends and then it all of a sudden becomes an accepted thing. So not only seeing it, but then saying, oh, you know, my best friend is okay with this or, you know, spreading the word that way, kind of just a word of mouth, grassroots, for lack of better words. So I think that's also very important too, is that the more people who see it and see themselves, the more they're gonna talk about it and spread the word. Angela? Yes, um, again, going back to we matter, right? Mm -hmm. And being able to dispel the myth that not all African-American women have eight baby daddies. Not all African-American women, you know, uh, I mean, about that representation matter because there's a myth that we have to dispel. There's a myth that we have to put to bed. I'm not an old maid just because I'm African-American, educated and single. Right. We all not that my life is perfect. And so it matters, especially as Rafi said to younger women to know that they have an option. Historically, black slave women did not have an option. They were breeders. So be able to stand here today and say, I have a choice whether I want to have a child or be child free. But but back then, my ancestors were raped. It wasn't a conversation with them. And so, yes, when people see people like Rafi and myself and Michael and Ashley, we we are here, and we and I invoke an Oprah Winfrey. I invoke a Tracy Ellis Ross. Those are prominent women who are child free, where we kind of put them on a, a pedestal because they've achieved great things without children. And so, when young sisters see us, when young sisters see an um, Ava DuVernay or an Oprah or a Tracy Ellis Ross or all the other talented. African American women celebrities who have made strides, that's important. Yes. 
I could be the Oprah for my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> and I could even say as a young person, it means a lot to see older child-free black women. Because personally, I don't know any. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like this is like literally I'm 22. I'm speaking from like literal experience. My mother tells me, "Oh, you try for the experience. Oh, just have one." I'm literally telling you what I hear. Yeah. Like it's it's surprising to see one Lenora let alone five together and it's like mm -hmm. it's 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 boundary breaking. Yes. And it's like, wow, I didn't even know this was possible. It's the same thing with being gay. Like, little kids see it in media, and it's like, oh, that can happen? Yes. Y'all don't kill these people anymore? Yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. And it's sad to say, but wow. And I just wanted to also add, and thank you, Ashley, and I just want to also add, again, nothing to the women who have eight kids, right? Because people have a way of speaking your words. Of course. What I'm saying is that representation matter. And so to the sister who has eight children, great, whether she's a single or partnered, but there's also the women who don't have children and they're okay. We are okay too. Right. And if I could add that even the women that have children and didn't know that it was an option, to not yes because yes. i know bipoc they're not black but i know i have friends that have had one and they're like yes yeah is that easy yes mm -hmm. yes and yes. i'm just like oh baby girl <laughs> yes. Yes. and it's just like it's 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 to say something to society to say someone can have children and actually have never wanted children. Yeah. And there needs to be a support uh, system for them too. Yeah. Because yes. it's far, 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 far from easy. And I'm 22, but I have two nieces. When I was born, my oldest, my next oldest sibling was 20. So I had nieces before I was born. I was an auntie before I was born. I was raised, like, you know, the oldest sibling takes care of the kids. Mm -hmm. I was born doing that as also the youngest child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get personal here for just a second. So for anyone that doesn't know, I'm biracial. I'm I'm Canadian. Not that that really means anything. But, um, I am, uh, so I have a black dad and a white mother and being biracial was something that I struggled with because I didn't grow up knowing anything about black culture in Canada. Like I'm out West. I can't even tell you what black culture is here. And, and some of you know this story already, but, and, and I, I had both parents in the home, but it was color neutral. They didn't talk about race and I didn't see my dad's family too much until I was older. So I had no idea I was a few shades darker than anybody else <laughs> until I went to school. And when Black Lives Matter happened last year, of course, it came to Canada as well. And everyone was kind of like being pressured to speak up and speak out. And I thought, look, I'm I, I'm half black. I know nothing about the culture. I have nothing to say. But in truth, I've been teased since I was kindergarten in kindergarten for my skin tone. People still ask me, where are you from? <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and, and because race was never explained to me, even though I saw both my parents in the house every day, 
I had no no understanding. And so I kind of figured it out. And what I wanted, I'm sharing this is because the child-free community, this is the first time I've been able to speak with, aside from my aunt, I've been able to speak to Black people and not feel inadequate because I, I, I feel like I had nothing to offer to the conversation. Mm. So, you know, Rafi and Angela specifically, I mean, I was, I, I knew you, of course, within the child-free space already. So I felt comfortable approaching you to ask about certain issues that I have never been able to either participate in the conversation or was just too shy to because, and I'm not a shy person, but I just felt so inadequate. So, you know, biracial struggle is definitely real too. And it's, and I've met more biracial people. And so I kind of add that to my tagline as far as being child-free because I'm biracial. I don't know a whole lot, but we're, we always straddle between we're, we're too white to be black and too black to be white. And where do we fit in? Right. right. So, you know, it's been the, the seeing the diversity within the child-free community has been amazing because personally, and I'm also a queer woman, so there's been so many things I've been able to work through and and talk about within the child-free space, which is why it's so important to have representation. However you identify, whatever, you know, wherever you come from, it is so important because, and, and I know, you know, this will make some people uncomfortable. Who cares? <laughs> you guys have gotten me fired up, but it's true. Who cares? <laughs> the thing is, is like, you know, we all have something to learn from each other. There are experiences that black women in the States have faced that I will never experience. And so I listen, you know, people ask, well, and actually this segues to my next last question. I could, I think we could talk forever on this. Um, how can non BIPOC child-free community members support BIPOC members, whether it's individually, whether it's in communities that they form or communities you collaborate with on together, what would you, <laughs> Ashley's like, okay, I got an answer. <laughs> All right, Ashley, we'll start with you. How can non-BIPOC people, so white people support BIPOC child-free community members? Um, I've kind of grown an opinion on this because I, um, I'm kind of a lurker. I, I don't necessarily participate online, but I watch it all. I'm a people watcher. So I go to a lot of these child-free groups and a lot of them are more show-offy. It's like, oh, we didn't have children. Look at this Lamborghini we got. <laughs> Look at our five-bedroom, five-floor house. And it's like, I still can't do that. <laughs> I, like, I can't afford health insurance for my dog. <laughs> so it's like acknowledging that there's more to just not having children to having more money. <laughs> because a lot of these child groups are just like, brag about what you have because you don't have kids. And it's like... I can go get some oysters with my girlfriend once a week. Maybe if I'm lucky, we can throw in some happy hour. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, it's like at least acknowledge it because it's not something that for them, having kids would take away from as far as systemic racism in the States, at least. That's all I'm speaking for. All right. Just acknowledge it. No, it's, I, 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 I don't hate, sorry, I hate to cut people off, but we are <laughs> having to wrap up. Thank you, Ashley. Again, uh, excellent answer. Romaiko, go ahead. Just, I'm just going to say it. Allow us to have this space. So the thing that I get really upset about is that the, the discussion of, well, it's not inclusive enough or when white individuals feel excluded. And it's like, well, welcome to the club. 
You know, it's like, you know, can we have a space or a time or, you know, a safe space and supportive environment with people that look like us and that talks about, because as we're saying, representation matters and we need a safe space so that people like myself, who I am a more shy individual, can feel comfortable to express really how I felt and not have to be PC about certain things. And so for me, I feel like allowing us to have this space as a woman of color, women of color, persons of color is beautiful. And so that's for me what I feel like an, um, a non-BIPOC person could really allow and, and, and help with and support. Thank you, Ramiko. Ravi? I would say, like Ramiko just said, allow us to have our space, but also allow us to have our choice. Like, I didn't ask you why you're wearing a pink shirt today. Stop <laughs> asking me why, you know, I chose not to have children or, or anything like that. So that goes for anybody in our community. But allow, just, it's our choice. It's our decision. Like, just, that, sh that should be enough. Mm -hmm. That should be enough. Mm-hmm. Angela? Uh, ditto with Ashley, Ramiko, and Rafi. And what I say is unapologetically Black, unapologetically child-free. I educate myself on other child-free communities. I follow child-free India. I, I follow childless um, uh, accounts because I want to be informed, right? But my space is one that I've created for myself and for women who identify. I always tell people, if, if this content and what I share is important, is relevant, is interesting to you, by all means, you are welcome. But don't tell me, why shouldn't I do this and do that? So I always stay true, unapologetically Black, unapologetically child-free. And if you have a problem with that, there are plenty of their child-free accounts that you can follow. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, especially knowing your own community, it's like, mm -hmm. if you don't like me here, there's gotta be something else you can find. <laughs> absolutely wow um i'm feeling a little teary-eyed i'm supposed to be an impartial moderator but i have to say <laughs> I'm, fe I'm feeling this i'm really feeling this um all right i'm just i'm i'm at a loss for words just for a second so <laughs> Did have any, no one had any questions i'm sorry uh, no one's i i you know what this is the <laughs> <laughs> there we go. People were listening. People were listening. This was good. This is kind of the point. People listen. All right. So have any of the panelists felt pressure to have children to help build the Black community? What a great question. Great, great question. Ashley, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> like, um, especially considering mental health in the Black community just starting to be recognized. I'm trying to run through this. Um, I've been feeling a need because I'm more self-aware when it comes to stuff like that. I'm more empathetic. So my parents would, or friends would even push me to say, hey, you know what you're doing. You should have kids so you can teach them the right way. But it's like, I don't want to. That's my body I'm worried about. Like I just started to love what I look like. So influencing the world through the next generation. It's like, what about my generation? Come on, I need to worry about me right now. And I have depression, anxiety, like you want me to do that? And like, it's perpetuating almost. Yeah, I think what needs to be addressed and talked about is this because that was a great question, but there are other ways to build 
Black communities. And I think that yes. piece needs to be addressed. So for example, what myself and I know that Angela would do with, and also with Ralph, you know, we're all in helping professions. And so we're building legacies and community by helping others that we don't have to have children in order to do that. And so I think we need to expound the definition of what it means to expand and assist when it comes to Black community. And it's not just with having children. So that's a great question, a great point. All right, um, <laughs> we got to wrap. <laughs> I want right. to give I want to give everybody a, pl uh, a chance to plug whatever it is you want to plug. So um, if you want to answer that question while you're plugging something, please feel free because <laughs> I know Rafi and Angela didn't have a chance to say something about that too. So uh, Angela, let's start with you. What would you like to plug is and also if you want to share a response too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am, uh, Angela from No Bibs Burps Bottles. You can follow me on Instagram, which is where I'm more active at No Bibs Burps Bottles. You can also visit our website at NoBibsBurpsBottles.com and, um, other social media, No Bibs Burps Bottle. We also just started a YouTube channel, No Bibs Burps Bottle, and I would love for, um, you guys to follow us, engage with me there. Thank you. Thank you. Rafi? Um, yep, I am Rafi, the host of Not A Mama Life podcast on Instagram at Not A Mama and website is notamamalife.com. Thank you. Romaiko? Hi, I'm a psychologist. I'm Dr. Romaiko Thomas. I am on Instagram at flower2977. I also started a YouTube on mental health called Dr. Talk, T-A-L-K, capital L-Y-N-N, Talk Len on YouTube and we'll have new episodes starting September. Awesome. Ashley? Oh gosh, I feel almost <laughs> inadequate. Oh, oh no, no, not at all. Not at all, not at all. Cancel that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of a shit poster. I'm a memer on the internet. I, I, I like joking around. I, I, I'm pretty political and more left-leaning and I post a lot on my Instagram. Pardon me. It's underscore base, B-A-S-E-D, underscore bitch. Hey, um, I'm the bitchy bookkeeper. It's okay. We're all cool. We're all cool. My Facebook is A-O, it's Ash, A-Y-O-I-T-S space, A-S-H. And I, I post memes. I keep people informed. I just, if I can find a way to get young people like me into more left-leaning and more inclusive circles, that's something I try to do because I know myself if it's not fun i'm not about it. it something has to make me laugh so i'll do my hardest to spread the word in the funniest way possible <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for this panel thank you for your insight for your candor much appreciated that is it for child free bipoc panel um Group hug. <laughs> what can I say? Group hug. Thank you again. Thank, Thank you again. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.